Hey, 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 it's me, Rashawn Ali, and I am very happy to be back with you on this beautiful throwback Thursday. Oh, my goodness. Um, We are in the midst of the coronavirus pandemic. Many of us are social distancing. Hopefully, the majority of you who are listening to this are taking heed and social distancing and self-quarantining and all of those good things. I know a lot of you have been affected directly and indirectly by this disease, and I am showing you love, and I'm also praying for those who uh, have to continue to deal with this. Um, uh, We all do, so I'm praying for our country, I'm praying for our world, and I'm praying that God continues to intercede Uh, on each of our behalf. So uh, I know, you know, with you and me self-quarantining and realizing the gifts that God has given you, if they're not more prevalent now, I don't know when they will be. But I have had time to sit back and realize that I have been trying to put my show back on the cool sword podcast back on now I have done two live shows which I'm very very proud about um, proud of you can go to my YouTube page Rashawn Ali and see two live shows I spoke with two members of my sorority Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated uh, my girl Melissa Mitchell from ABL creations um, she's an amazing artist and her story is just beautiful and I also talked to my international president Dr. Glenda Glover so two live shows that you'll see it was my intent to get that show rolling and you know put one out every couple of weeks but uh, realistically it just I couldn't do it I couldn't do it not with the um, the demands of Sister Circle and just the demands of life. And um, like I think I've told many of you, I've been in therapy trying to just overcome anxiety and those things that have held me back from being my greatest version of myself. So those things are going well. I am continuing my therapy and also had a teletherapy session uh, this week. So just trying to stay on the up and up. So continuing to encourage you to do the same thing. So I hope this message greets you well and that you are taking advantage of this time to reset. Although, you know, it came at um, the expense of, you know, some people's lives and us having to do certain things that we are not used to. So those of you who are healthy and can tap into those gifts that God has given you, please do so during this time and just reset on those things that are important to you. And so many of those things have been important to me, like cooking for my family, working out with my husband, spending more time with my children, being able to be more intentional about their academics. So, so many things have come from this uh, that I am enjoying and realizing now. Also realize the type of life I want to have. I want to be home. A lot more than I am and I want to set myself up accordingly so that I can do that uh, with businesses that make money for themselves as I sleep so I hope that you are doing the same thing I would encourage you Uh, it's just those simple things that have made me feel just incredible like walking down the street or taking a run the birds sound louder. The, 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 the sun seems brighter. So many of those things that we completely take for granted because our lives are 
so busy and so stressful and all those different things. So um, just wanted to give you some encouragement on this day. As I relaunch the Cool Sword podcast, I will need your support. I will need sponsors. I will need all types of things. If you'd like to connect your brand with my brand, uh, because I think I've got a little value over here. You know what I mean? Shoot me an email at cool at coolsorewar.com. That's cool at coolsorewar.com. So I appreciate you. I love you. I miss being able to have these conversations. And I'm really glad that uh, I am back doing what I sincerely and truly love. I love doing television, but radio is my foundation. And I found I find so much of the same qualities in a podcast. So this is the beginning of what we were building on for almost two years. And I'm ready to be back with the audio portion of the Cool Sword podcast. We'll still do the live shows, but I'm trying to get major sponsorships for that too. Uh, doing a live show costs a, costs a whole lot of money. So just letting y'all know that we'll be back with that as well because I want to continue to uh, grow in that area. But loving being back here with you. So hit me up, hit the follow button. Shoot me a, a comment on the show for today. And I'm really excited about the woman you will hear from. Her name is Krishan Lampley. She is the owner and creator of Love Corkscrew. It's all about good wine and a good time, okay? Since our conversation, which we had, uh, you know, some time ago, she has now sold over 200,000 bottles of wine. You can find her wine in Whole Foods, Mariano, select targets. She has an amazing ambassador program. You will be able to hear her on TEDx coming up soon. And you can find that on YouTube under Krishan Lampley. Um, and she's relaunching her sparkling wine called Too Deep coming up this spring. She's also doing a virtual wine tasting, which is going to be super, super fun on April the 1st. So go to her Instagram page at lovecorkscrew to get more information on how you can join the virtual wine tasting. I've been loving it. I've been loving all of these virtual uh, events. Um, the Cool Soar Collective will have an event coming up soon, so I'll give you more information on that. I've been fanning out to DJ Nice, DJ E-Class, my man, Mr. Khaled Park, like so Atlanta, just I've just been vibing out to so much great music. And uh, in that, I've been listening to Soka. I came back from Trinidad for Carnival and I feel like I'm a Soka queen. So uh, in another in another episode, I'll talk about my experience in Trinidad for Carnival 2020, right before the pandemic really, really became much more serious than what we were being told, of course, by our government. So I was able to have that last a little bit of fun before everything shut down. And I will talk a little bit more about that because I really want to talk to some of my island girls, some of my island kusors uh, who have experienced that. And, you know, this was my first time, but it was absolutely incredible. Speaking of incredible, so is Krishan Lampley. Really, really happy to have her to be a part of the Cool Sore podcast in its relaunch. She's a dynamic woman. Her story is very compelling. You talk about overcoming the odds. She has done just that. She is a Cool Sore of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. And here is Krishan Lampley with Reconstructed Purpose. Enjoy. You know you gotta be a Cool Soror to talk to the Cool Soror herself. I'm a cool sore. 
Hey y'all, I am a cool soror of What's up y'all, I'm a cool soror of Hi, I am a cool soror of podcast hosted by me Rashawn Ali welcome everybody to another edition of the cool sore podcast so very happy to get I've gotten my mojo back I'm getting my mojo back and happy to have this beautiful woman joining the show today her name is Krishan Lampley and you are a cool sore of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. Yeah, shout out to the Deltas. Y'all cool or whatever. (laughs) How's it going, Krishan? How are you? I am great. It's wine season, so I'm just crazed. So I I can't stop, won't stop. Can't stop, won't (laughs) stop. So you are a negotiant and CEO of Love Corkscrew. My goodness. But before we get into into that, tell us about your upbringing. So you're, you're originally from Chicago. I am. I grew up actually in the suburbs of Chicago. Um, I grew up in Donners Grove, Illinois, because, you know, Chicagoans always want us suburbanites to say exactly what part we're from. So I grew up uh, in the suburbs. I live in in Chicago now in the city. Um, But, yeah, I I definitely had a different upbringing um, that definitely molded me who I am today. I'll tell you that much. So so what so, what was so different about it? I was the only African-American in school up until um, I think there was one um, with me in sixth grade. And then after that, high school. So I grew up definitely um, as one of the only black kids. I had the end. I was called the N word. You know, kids thought I had a tail. Mm. Um, Mm. I had a lot of um, issues growing up and a lot of strength that I had to. Um, I had to become strong at a very young age. Right. I'll put it that right. way. Um, also, I gr- grew up as an only child. So my parents were much older mm-hmm. uh, than most parents uh, of people that were my age. So they taught me a lot of wisdom. So I became I was kind of too mature for my own age, if you will. So that with, um, you know, such racism around me, um, I, I just grew up really quick mentally uh, physically, uh, you know, I, I was I was developing before most of the girls. So, uh, yeah, kind of kind of hard, kind of hard. But uh, it taught me a lot of resilience. Yeah. How were you able to kind of navigate that whole thing? Like, you know, you, you talked about growing up early physically and mentally. How were you able to navigate that at such a young age? You know what? It, it was it, it was it was hardcore. I'll tell you that it wasn't easy. Um, there was a lot of times I was bullied. There was a lot of times I felt alone. Um, but I was such a creative and, and I found an outlet. I found an outlet in several different ways. Um, I was a fast runner, so I found it in track. Um, I found it in music. I was a musician. I played the piano. I was in musicals. Um, so I kept busy. I was always like my mom always said, I was always good in everything, but not great in anything. Mm-hmm. And I, I took that as a fence as a young age, but I get it now. Like I was good at softball. I was good at track. I was good at singing. I was good at the piano. Um, so I was able to kind of maneuver in so many different ways. And that that was my outlet. Yeah, uh, that was my stress release. Wow. Wow. That's interesting. Uh, So you became somewhat of an overachiever, just completely ambitious to kind of not I would say not to um, mask the pain, but you use it. You use it as something that helped to make you stronger. 
It did. And it did. You know, um, it was one of those things where, you know, when it came to group activities, everybody would always want me on their team (laughs) in whatever it was, because they knew some reason, some way I was either going to make the decision for the team um, or I was going to, you know, be part of of something that that would become a win. So, you know, I was always kind of that middleman that would kind of pull the string together. Yeah. So so with that, it seems to um, be that you had a tremendous amount of self-awareness. Talk about your uh, grasping of your blackness uh, being surrounded by, you know, everything that you really didn't have any control of, be it your school and, you know, the activities. Very difficult. Um, You know, to the white kids, I was black, plain and simple. I'm, I'm a black kid. So regardless if I talk well, um, regardless if, um, you know, my upbringing was as good or better than theirs, um, I was still the black kid. To black kids, I was a white girl. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the way I talked, the way I acted, um, because I always had the, my mom made sure I had the latest outfit on. Whether it was the Run DMC sweatshirt, you know, or the coolest <laughs> look of, uh, like Madonna. You know, right. I always had, um, you know, she made sure I had the best of the best. Um, and so I was never accepted in either realm. So it wasn't until I hit, honestly, college, um, till I was truly accepted. Sure. Some of them would still, you know, make fun of the way I talk, but they were like, wait a minute, she's actually pretty dope when you get past all of that. Mm -hmm. Um, I was always extremely honest, extremely real, um, sometimes a little too, (laughs) too real, (laughs) Um, somewhat, um, you know, very, very a type. So, you know, guys liked me, the, you know, black women were like, okay, wait, you know what? She's actually not that bad when you talk to her. She's actually kind of funny too. Sarcasm. So I didn't really, um, I really didn't feel comfortable in my blackness until college. Mm. And then that was Western Illinois University. Uh, yes, so so you, you talk about um, finding your blackness and, and what was the transformation there when you got to college? What was the realization like, hey, I'm a strong black woman? Um, it was still getting bullied in a sense, even in the black community. But then me saying to myself, you know what? I ain't taking this anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, at the end of the day, just because my voice sounds different doesn't mean I struggle any less than you. Right. And a lot of folks coming from the inner city, I asked them, how many times have you been called the N-word? Hmm. And most of them never. So I said, you know what? <laughs> so imagine me. Imagine what I went through. Yeah. Imagine being called the N-word all the time and truly people looking at my butt as if I had a tail. Oh so when, when you actually live in that, I was able to express that because it was hard. I, I wasn't able to express that until my college years. They were like, okay. All right, I get it now. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of it was just my strength and saying, you know what, I'm not going to take it anymore. Yeah. Um, and that, that allowed my energy to open up. Um, and I just met some of the, the best people. Best yeah. people are still my best friends till, till today. Wow. Beautiful. Still. Beautiful. So you got a BS in family consumer science with a concentration in fashion merchandising. What Crazy, is right? all of that? <laughs> so funny thing. I was always into, again, arts, fashion, um, and at the time, um, me going into college, uh, you know, I'm showing my age kind of, they didn't have a fashion school. Mm-hmm. Um, most of the universities, um, just did not have that developed yet. It was still called home economics. So during that time, I'm like, okay, I really want to 
to go to fashion school, but I want a bachelor's of science. My dad's like, no, you're not just going to get an associate's degree, you know, in fashion and go, you know, and I didn't want to be a designer. I wanted to be more in the business end. Mm-hmm. Um, I was really good mm-hmm. in mathematics. Um, so I went to Western and I, and they had home economics, but everything was combined fashion, merchandise and fashion design, gerontology what? and economics. So I actually am very well versed in gerontology, which is crazy. Right. So you have old people. Right. <laughs> so uh, it was a lot of that involved. So that's how that happened. Um, and I ended up my junior year being part of a great um, three in one transfer program where I was able to go to Fashion Institute of Technology in New York. So by the time I came back to Western, um, I have two degrees. So I have a bachelor's of science in family consumer science, um, as well as an associate's in fashion merchandising. So having such a varied background, where do you go after that? What was your next move after getting these degrees? So after getting these degrees, it it was very transforming even to live in New York uh, for a year, um, to be put in an area where everyone is equal. There's no color. Like I would accidentally call Dominicans black. (laughs) You know, it was just this whole rainbow of, oh, my God, all these people and ethnicities and great things. So I decided from there when I was graduating um, that to to actually go out to uh, where my parents lived, they actually retired and had moved to Las Vegas. Mm. So I followed them to Las Vegas just to kind of decide what I'm going to do. And I ended up getting in the fashion industry out there. I worked for um, High End uh, Boutique, Christian Dior. I worked out there for a while. And then it was so fun because I was thrown into so much craziness in in money, meaning, you know, that was the time that Tyson was buying like crazy, mm-hmm. you know, in, in Las Vegas and cl- shutting out the Versace stores. That's the time that, you know, Bill Clinton would come to town and, and the tie, the, the, the dollar was, you know, amazing and everyone was buying, buying, buying. Mm-hmm. So I got thrown into this awesomeness of, oh my gosh, I'm, you know, selling in this high-end boutique and I'm just making money. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was during that time that, that, you know, you just never thought it was going to end. Yeah, sure. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I just got thrown into that and came back to Chicago's, continued to work in high end retail. And just it, for me, it was people. Yeah. I just love meeting people. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. So you're in Vegas, you're Christian Dior, everything is going well. And then what's the move after that? I moved back to Chicago following a boyfriend. How funny is that, right? Lord, have following mercy. my college boyfriend. <laughs> right, right. Come back. I mean, we lasted maybe what, maybe months after I moved right, back. That's right. how it always works, right? right. So um, I actually ended up working in high end retail back in Chicago. Um, literally 15 years. I worked for a very high end company, um, Ascada, uh, which is a German boutique. And oh, I, wow. I, I did that for 15 years. Um, I was a $2 million book. So I had the best of the best in, in uh, sales. I mean, in uh, customers from, you know, Holyfield to, you know, you name it. Mm-hmm. I had these huge, huge clients and it was awesome. But what happens? Everything crashes, right? You yes. get into the late nineties, early two thousands, all of a sudden everything crashes, the housing market, um, you know, real estate, hotel, hospitality. Um, and my great salary cuts in half. Oh God. And now, so imagine hitting out of college, you know, 21, making almost six figures to all of a sudden making half of that. Wow. And you've been kind of living that life too. Were you living six figures or were you saving? Of course, because I was living with my parents at first in Las Vegas, right? So I didn't have a mortgage. I didn't have bills. So I was buying everything under the sun, everything I wanted to, going to all the concerts, traveling. And then when I got back to Chicago, I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, responsibilities now. Now Mm -hmm. I got 
pay and, and bills to pay, but I was still having a great time. Right. Um, you know, I had friends that had graduated, you know, and so we were like enjoying dinners and, and, uh, you know, trying to travel as much as possible. So of course, no, I wasn't saving. The only great thing I did was, uh, save up for my 401k. So that mm-hmm. was definitely, my dad taught me that now. I wasn't right. stupid. Right, right, right. <laughs> but, um, but other than that, no, cause I didn't think it was going to end. Yes. Uh, so it ended up ending. Um, and I decided to change careers. So I actually got into the, uh, the liquor industry. I started liquor sales. Um, just to kind of switch it up, um, got into that. And next thing you know, I was owning an art gallery and bar. So I went from sales and marketing and, and clothing um, to more hospitality uh, in, in the wine and, and sector and, and liquor. Yeah. Uh, and that kind of when the transition started happening for me. Yeah, for absolutely. And then, you know, a, obviously a pivotal moment in your career. And you, you said you were co-owner of an art lounge in Chicago, South Loop. And you walked into two inches of sewer water, and that was the start of me losing everything. That is a direct quote. Speak to us about that. When I say I lost everything, um, it was, and for religious folks, it was definitely the grace of God. Um, I walked in Christmas Day, and something just told me. It was just my age. I've always been extremely intuitive. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just said, you know what? I'm going to walk in the gallery. We're closed, of course. I'm heading out to the burbs to see my family, but I just have to walk in for some reason. Mm -hmm. So I stopped there on the way to get on the highway, um, walk in, and it's pitch black because the light switch is all the way in the back of the art gallery. So as I'm walking through, I have this stench smell. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, maybe it's just, you know, something happened. Maybe there's a sewer, you know, leak somewhere around the block. I don't know. So, but then I'm like, but, but my feet are wet. Mm. So when I slipped, uh, when I uh, got to the office, I turned on the light. I'm standing in two inches of sewer. So imagine what's in sewer water. Oh so and the owners above us flushed non-biodegradable baby wipes. Oh, my God. Backed up into our storefront. Um, so, of course, you know, all bars, galleries, restaurants, we have dram shop insurance, they call it, right? That covers damage. Covers issues. Did you think it covers baby wipes? You are lying. No does not cover baby wipes because they tell you not to yeah you can't flush that no so of course um you know i had put everything into it and anything that i had that i'd built up from all my my sales uh you know being in high-end retail everything had went into it i um you know during the time uh people would encourage you to do an sba loan right so i had my property connected um, to the gallery Um, my business partner at the time she had given you know her thing was cash my thing was property because we had to to get we had to do personal guarantee stuff back then back then right yeah. so because of that connection um i literally uh was days away uh, actually 48 hours uh from losing my home um i was going to get kicked out of my home and the bank was going to take over my condo um i had investment property um thank goodness i had short sold it before they were going to take that as well um and i just went dark I just thought everything was over. Everything I had built all these years, all the fun I had had all these years in, in high-end retail, everything was gone. Mm-hmm. Um, and the person that saved me, uh, never forget, um, actually quite a few people saved me, but they were people who used to come to the gallery. Because remember, I didn't grow up in Chicago, so mm-hmm. I didn't know folks. Mm-hmm. Um, but I started meeting people uh, when I owned the gallery. One happened to be a lawyer. He watched what happened to me. And he's like, I'm not going to let you be homeless. I'm not going to do it. Uh, he ended up saving me. I didn't pay him a dime. Wow. Um, he wow. ended up saving me. Um, I had to file bankruptcy um, because I had everything connected, everything connected. Um, and it was right before the judgment hit me. So, um, again, by the grace of God and the fact that the Illinois 
housing market was underwater, I was able to save my home. Mm. Um, so I'm still in. I'm sitting in this home right now right. <laughs> because of him. Um, so I went dark, didn't know what to do. And people still knew me as the cool bartender owner um, of this gallery. So people would contact me nonstop. But now I'm putting covers over my head, crying every day. Yes. And something said, you know, wait, wait, my my heart's still beating. I need to get up. Yeah. So all these calls from all these people, what would they ask me? Krishan, what's the coolest restaurant to go to? Krishan, mm-hmm. what's the best bottle of wine that I need to bring to my friend's house? Krishan, Krishan, Krishan. They just kept coming at me when I was so dark, when they didn't know that I almost lost my home. Wow. And I started writing a blog and I'm an awful, awful writer. But the blog was called Love Cork Screw. Wow. The love section would be fun things that happen in the gallery. The cork section would be my varietal picks and restaurant picks. And the screw section would be just a wild card of culture and things happening. I started getting a huge following on Facebook that turned into a radio show on SoundCloud. I had over 4,000 listeners and that was my release. Wow. I wasn't making any money from it because I'm back working again, right? Back mm-hmm. in that fashion uh, you know, market again, but it was my release. Mm-hmm. And uh, gosh, uh, years later, now over seventy-five thousand bottles sold of Love Corks. Oh Corks. my god! <laughs> that's, that's the fast of the story. That's the quick version. <laughs> that is the quick version. My goodness! When did you know? You said you knew you had something special, but you had to know that it was even more special than that moment to be able to push forward to what you are doing now. What was that moment like? We said, you know, you know, this can be bigger than what it is. It was everything that I told you from my childhood and everything okay. connecting mm-hmm. and me saying, I've always been different, always weird. I've always been that unicorn. I've always been that something odd. And that mixed with my ability to also be able to communicate with just about anybody. Yeah. Um, and when that hit, I'm like, wait a minute. You know, I always say that your passion follows you. You can't follow your passion. Yeah. It follows you. Yeah. And it hit. And I'm like, OK, it's people. It's people. And I have this knack for for taste. Since a kid, I like sushi. Yes. So I always was kind of ahead of the curve in several things. Um, when people were drinking apple martinis, I couldn't stand them. You know, I was on to the wine list. Yes. <laughs> um, so we actually at the gallery had won Chicago's best for having one of the best wine lists. I wrote the wine list. Wow. So then also working in the liquor end, I knew what people wanted. They wanted different. They didn't want the same wine that you can buy anywhere at any grocery store at any time. They wanted to support local. They wanted to support small and they wanted something fun. Mm-hmm. Not everybody's a wine connoisseur. Right. Not everybody knows what 96 points means. Yeah. So I wanted to hit that realm. And I think it would love corkscrew and so like i said i took the the my blog I, I took the following that i had from the lounge i put that all together and i said i'm gonna do something that people say there's no way you can do and that's own my own wine without actually owning a vineyard i drove out to the vineyards i flew out to the vineyards and i said look i have a huge following right now from the art gallery uh from my blog i said i can outsell you and your wine i need you to produce a wine for love corkscrew i need it to be a custom crush i need it to be mine and we're gonna do it these old white farmers looked at me and they're like let's roll what (laughs) and that was my sales skills that was me saying you know what i got you i have outsold all three vineyards times three in their own wine in the city of chicago Girl. So it was just all those sales skills put together. And uh, and that's how Love Corkscrew was born. So when people say, what is it? Is it mine? Yes. The juice in those bottles are owned by Love Corkscrew Me. So I'm the chemist, if you will. So I develop the uh, flavor profile and the taste of each varietal. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I have the vineyards make it for me. So that is what a negociant means. It means I buy grapes 
byproduct from a vineyard and they produce my product. Um, I have to taste it. It takes, takes a long time um, to figure out the profile for it to become mine. Um, but it's, uh, it's been development for, for years. Um, and, uh, and I hit it in uh, 2013. So my gosh, well, let me apologize for saying, uh, negotiant wrong. Early no, on. no, 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 no. You said it the American way. The, the French is negociant. <laughs> negociant. Okay, so that 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 makes sense because you you say you don't own. Uh, help me understand, like what love? I mean, you own it, but you're an ambassador. Tell me a little bit about that and how that breaks down. Got it. So, Love Corkscrew. So, I'm a private label. Okay. So, Love Corkscrew has five varietals. Um, I have a Cabernet Sauvignon, Pinot Grigio, uh, Semi Sweet Riesling, a Concord Niagara. So, I source those. Okay. So that means that I develop the exact varietal for the flavor profile it actually is. So that is my juice. That is owned by me. It's mine. Um, So of course I can decide if I want to. I'm I'm an importer exporter as well. So I'm licensed federally. Um, If I want to source from South Africa, I can. If I want to source from Oregon, I can. If I want to source from anywhere in the country and in the world, I can. Mm -hmm. Um, But this is my development. So that's why I have to drive to the vineyards. That's why I have to fly to the vineyards and I have to do all the tasting. I have to get it all tweaked the way I want, whether I want it to be a little more dry, a little more sweet, where I want a little more oak, um, whatever, what, whatever I want to add um, to make the varietal exactly how I see it to be love corkscrew, I do. Um, and that takes a long time. It's not easy. It's not what people think. Um, it's very, very difficult. But I am not physically crushing the grapes myself. Okay. Um, I have someone. I pay people to do that. <laughs> nice, 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 nice. And so you, 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 wow, you start this movement, really. Um, and you said 2013. That's when everything kind of yeah. changed. And now you're now you can find these wines everywhere essentially. Whoa. And, and man, essentially, yes. Um, it's been a long, long haul. Um, it's not easy. You know, a lot of people say, well, why aren't you here? Why aren't you there? Why aren't you in this store and that store? Boy, oh boy. The, the people that ask me that, I wish I could just give them a tinge of how hard this industry is. Mm-hmm. Um, understand when I say I'm a unicorn, there are 60 of us. And what do I mean? Us Afri- African-American women, 60 of us, as far as whether they're a private label, whether they're a vineyard owner, whether they're they're a partner, whatever that is, there's only 60 of us out of 111,000 in the world that are in this industry. So when people say, why aren't you here there? Well, trust me, I'm trying. Yeah. <laughs> it's not easy. I don't have national distribution. So what does that mean? That means in stores, you will only find Love Corkscrew in Illinois. Okay. Um, but the awesome thing is I've made it through those really, really hard glass ceilings, Whole Foods. I'm in. I'm in Target. Uh, I'm in Mariano's, which uh, some people may know more of of Kroger's. I'm in over 50 locations uh, within the state of Illinois. Outside of Illinois, I can ship to just about any state. Um, I think there's only maybe five that I can't by liquor law. Um, But otherwise, I can ship just about anywhere in the country. Um, People can have love corks through their doorstep. But there's there was licensing involved in all this. It's a lot of money to get licensing uh, to do any of this. It's mm-hmm. a highly regulated industry. Um, so it, I still got a lot of work to do. Um, but uh, for me to to be able to ship via my wine club and and be able to ship to doors, um, I, I'm getting, getting there. And this is five years later. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so you, now you do have the wine club memberships. And then I've seen recently on your on your um, on your page, like ways that people can kind of join your movement and make money. Now, what does that look like? 
Yes, so what I decided to do, people always email me nonstop, my publicist and myself, about how can we help, how can we help. So I said, okay, I thought about what I would want. I mean, I've been a member of so many different wine clubs and, and products back in the day. I mean, you name it, I, I've been part of it. And I said, what would I be attracted to as, as someone who enjoys wine? So I said, okay, consultant pro program. So I said, hey, what if you purchased all five wines, because everybody always wants to buy all five of mine, right? They want mm -hmm. to try them all. So I said, if you purchase all five and anyone in your circle, friends, associates, uh, work, wherever that may be, you tell them that, hey, why don't you sign up for Krishan's Wine Club? Or why don't you get the trial pack? Or why don't you just buy a couple of bottles from Krishan? And then you get that money right back. So you've just paid for your little wine, wine habit. Right, right. <laughs> the wine is not expensive at all. And I said, it, let's say if you don't sell not one, which is more than likely you will, but if you sell absolutely nothing, that's wine that you would have bought anyway to entertain your friends. Yes. Uh, and my wine is not expensive. So you would buy all five and I would ship it and that's $75. And then you would either A, make the money back or have a great party. Wow. Um, so yes, that's my consultant program. So it's a win-win. You don't lose. There's no buy-in. There's no contract and no crazies. I send you the money right away and we're done. <laughs> that is pretty simple, right? <laughs> simple. Yeah. I'm like, let me talk to you offline. Cause you know, right? when, when you were here on sister circle, I was loving every minute of that segment. Cause we, and we're here, we just love wine period. So, yeah, I'm going to have to talk to you offline about that. Yes. <laughs> I support your wine hat. Absolutely. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. So what do you what do you think is what do you want to take love corkscrew? Like I, you, you have always dreamt vastly as from what I can tell. Um, where is all of this going or do you just kind of let it flow? Funny you say that. It's kind of both. It's twofold, right? Where, where I would love, love Corkscrew to go in, in my mind um, as a businesswoman is national distribution. What does that mean? That means a big box store saying, you know what, Krishan, we want to have love Corkscrew in all of our stores that obviously have a wine section um, and have you put part of the set. Right. So that's the perfect world. So that would mean the big box store is saying to the to a national distributor, we're going to take Love Corpse and we're going to take thousands and thousands and thousands of cases. Right. So that's the unicorn. That's the perfect world. Mm. But what I'm finding out now is my journey um, and my story is becoming bigger than even the wine itself. I get more people that want me for speak engagements. I get more people that want me to come to their city and, and talk and tell them about my struggle, the fact that I lost everything. Um, my journey of uh, literally July 13th last year, I almost died. So I have so much within this story and I am love corkscrew. It's wow. not just the wine. I am love corkscrew. And that has turned into something bigger. So I think funny, I think it's it it's changing. You know, what what I see as okay, wine everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> it's changing to Krishan everywhere. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, so I'm just going to see kind of uh, where Love Corkscrew brings. But, uh, of course, for as a profitable company, I got to sell product. But I, I love speaking. I love talking to from everybody to kids. I talk to kids. It's not just about the wine. It's about being bullied. Yeah, it's about it's about, you know, not being taken seriously about being a black kid alone um, to to entrepreneurs. I talk about, hey, most likely you're going to you're going to fail. And that's OK because mm -hmm. you're going to come back. So whatever you say you had an issue with, please, I can tell you that times 10. And what makes you so special? Yeah. We all have failures. We all have problems. We all have issues. 
So keep it going because your heart's beating. How about that? So there's so many things that that Love Quirks True has given people. And I look forward to just growing with that. And yes, just taking it wherever, wherever I'm supposed to go. I'm I'm with it. Beautiful. Um, July 13th last year. Talk about that, how you said you almost lost your life. So uh, I would say a week before that, I was actually in Atlanta. Um, I was there uh, for a business trip and I was sitting at a lounge with my publicist and my back was just killing me. And I thought, I'm just getting old. I'm in my 40s now. You know, I don't know. Maybe just things just aren't quite what they used to be. Um, She's like, you need to go to the doctor. And I'm not one to not go to the doctor, but I was just so busy. Right. We're always so busy. Yeah. So I come back, um, went to Northwestern, uh, best one of the best hospitals here in Chicago. Um, within a week, I had to have emergency surgery. Um, I had a tumor. Um, it was the size of a human head. Oh um, they didn't even know it was that large. Um, they thought I just had what most women talk about, fibroids, right? Mm-hmm. So their thing is just a whole bunch of fibroids. Now imagine this in a week, right? I had to have six blood tests, MRI, an ultrasound. I'm doing all this within one week of coming back of just my back hurting. Um, ends up that if I had not, um, that the tumor would have attached itself to other organs and I could have just pretty much been walking down the street and died. Wow. So um, the surgeon, um, ended up, she ended up, Dr. Yepes, uh, one of the best in the country, um, performed my surgery. And again, they thought, oh, it's just a grapefruit and it's on your uterus. And maybe a four plums and a, and a peanut, right? They always give you like different fruits yeah. and berries to what size they are, right? Well, that's what she saw. The tumor was so large, it actually completely engulfed my entire uterus. So when they were performing the surgery, it actually lifted out literally like a human head. Um, so there was no chance of me saving my uterus. Um, no, no chance at all. Um, and, uh, and so, yes, yeah, so I had to have a complete hysterectomy. Um, and, uh, that happened within seriously, um, they found time in the schedule to fit me in, um, because I may not be here today. Um, so that is a life changing experience, right? For yes, a few reasons. Yes. I'm in my forties. I have no kids. Um, that's, I wanted to, I wanted to have children. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm not married. I, I want to get married and have kids. Um, and all of a sudden I have no period. I have nothing. There's nothing there anymore. <laughs> like, huh? Right. But I, I was always so busy, right? But what didn't I pay attention to? My back. I wasn't paying attention. My back kind of hurts. I wasn't paying attention to, you know, my menstrual cycle was a little off. Mm. It's all these things that I wasn't paying attention to because I was so busy. Mm. And and I went, I fit in, and, and I hear my mom flew in from Vegas. She was here for a month. She bought a one-way ticket to nurse me back to health. So I have a 79-year-old mother oh. nursing me back to health. Um, she was the most amazing person ever. Um, my boyfriend was here every day to, to relieve her. My publicist was here to relieve him. It was like a tag team, um, of me being so, so busy. And all of a sudden I can't do anything. I couldn't even walk up and down stairs. I couldn't fly. I couldn't do anything. Couldn't drive. Um, and it was, it was in the most amazing, um, awakening. Yeah. Uh, that I've ever had in my life. So that's what happened to me a year, a year or so ago. <laughs> How, a story, right? Oh my goodness. Yeah, that's why you're speaking all over the world. That's why you're doing more than quote unquote just wine because you have such an amazing story of triumph. I mean, really, that I never you asked for. That you that never, never asked for. Do we ever? No. Nope. Do we ever? Nope. We never know never. what's coming our way. My goodness. Um, How have you been able to physically 
and emotionally heal from that? Are you, I, I mean, I don't want to get too much in your business, but have you sought no, therapy, therapy or what are you, what are you doing? Um, I'm very transparent. Um, I honestly, I didn't have time to think about it Okay. because it happened so quick. Thank goodness I didn't. Mm -hmm. um, Cause I think it would have destroyed me. Yeah. Um, one of the fact of not having kids um, that um, hit me um, probably, but it, it hit me, but it didn't. Again, I didn't have time. So it was like, Oh yeah, my life. Yeah, that, that thing. <laughs> kind of got to live. So I'll be honest to say, I don't know if I have gone through all the steps yet. Mm. Um, because my journey, again, is in my head is not about me. And I also believe that my resilience from growing up as a kid um, has made me a little stronger. I, I'm not hiding it. Yeah. I'm not, you know, suppressing anything. But it's just like, you know what? But I'm here. Mm -hmm. So at the end of the day, maybe that wasn't my journey. Mm. It's something else. And that's what's keeping me going. Um, I cycle every day now. Um, I've, I've lost 30 pounds. And it's so funny. Most of it was, was the tumor. Exactly. And I was wondering, like, why am I so heavy? I'm, my eating habits aren't bad. I'm like, what is going on? It was because there was a huge human head sitting in my stomach. <laughs> you know? oh, so goodness. that um, I'm able to now work out. I can't do crunches yet. Um, that area is still healing. Mm -hmm. um, you know, my body has changed. I have a pouch that I've never had mm -hmm. because it, it can't. It can't. They, they, my muscle mass is gone, you know, mm -hmm. in that area. So mm -hmm. I can heal. Um, but there's, there's just, it's mentally, I'm okay because I'm, I'm doing this not for me. I'm doing it for whoever I'm supposed to do this for. Oh, and that's just keeping me going. That is amazing perspective. My goodness. Oh my goodness. In retrospect, you look at everything and do you ever say why me? No, I say to myself, I know it's me. And I, I've always known it was. Again, as a kid, I always looked at myself as, I don't know if you remember the character She-Ra, mm -hmm. um, but I've always been that person. Um, even if, you know, somebody wants to, in, back in school, somebody wanted to tell the teacher something, everybody would say, get Krishan to do it because mm. she'll do it. Yeah. Um, so I've always been that leader. I've always been the one, if there's an emergency, everybody turns to me because I'm able to react quickly. Mm -hmm. So I never really say, why me? I say, okay, because it's me. I'm curious what the end game will be. Wow. Wow. But yeah, wow. I always known it was me. Crazy, right? Crazy. <laughs> I always did. I always did. My goodness. My goodness. All and right. it's lonely. <laughs> it's lonely. Yeah. It's lonely. Um, like they say, it's lonely. And, and I'm definitely not at the top, but I get the that thought process. Mm -hmm. You know, when you're you're in control of something, whatever that is, but he's, God is in control of it. It does get lonely because you don't know why. You don't know why you have these thoughts in your mind. You don't know why you can multitask the way you can do. You don't know why things happen, but you just got to keep going because it's not about you. Wow. That's good. That's good, Krishan. Okay. So in 1996, you became a member of Delta Sigma Theta via the yes. Theta chapter. Now, yes. did you choose Delta Sigma Theta or did Delta Sigma Theta choose you? You know, it's funny. Um, it was uh, my cotillion. Um, uh, yeah, senior. Uh, like I did, I was uh, under uh, DST uh, in that particular chapter, um, and I just fell in love with the ladies. Mm -hmm. uh, that was my senior year in high school. I fell in love with the ladies, and then uh, when I got to Western, I'm like, that's the only way I'm gonna go. Wow. <laughs> it was literally that simple. I just fell in love with the organization and, and the women that were part of it, and uh, and I had to do it. And I was like, yep, yep, this, this is, is me. me. This is me. <laughs> now, how many were on your line? 
Just two of us. I'm oh the captain. Gosh. Just two of us. Yeah. So here we go again, right? Doesn't seem like my story always falls into <laughs> always falls into Krishan. Like somehow it's like <laughs> I'm right there. So yeah, it was only two of us. Uh, only two of us, uh, and uh, I was the captain, and and uh, I'm here. <laughs> my goodness, I girl, your story is so, so amazing. <laughs> Too much. No, it's it's, it's just enough. It is just enough. That is fabulous. Um, What is your definition of cool? Cool. My definition of cool, man. Oh, gosh, that's a good one. I never thought that simple. You know, I think I think cool. I look at more of like calmness, more of like, "Ah, okay, I got it. it. It's more of I think wisdom is cool. And and it comes in a different form than you think. When you're younger, you think wise. You think, oh, it's an old person who's just lived through everything, so they get it. Nah, you know, wisdom comes from within. Yeah. And, and that coolness of, for you to just be able to say when something comes along, hi, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> yeah. Because I can handle it. I can handle it. And as you get older, when people around you, when you're losing people around you, there's more, I don't want to be morbid, but there's more death around you. There's more sickness around you and there's more illness. But when you can say, you know what, but I got to step it up and, and it just becomes this thing of, you know, I got to step in and I got to show up because my heart's still, I need to take care of the ones who used to take care of me. Right. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. Because you can't stop it. Yeah. It's not you know, it's the one thing you can't stop is time. Yes, you can. So I, I think that's what's cool. Wisdom is cool. Absolutely. And my goodness, you have a plethora of wisdom. Not by choice. I know. I know. <laughs> well, you know, if not you, then who? And that's been an example of, of your entire life. How can people connect with you, find out more about what you're doing, maybe bookings for speaking engagements and obviously to get some good wine? So easy. Everything on every social media handle. I am love corkscrew. No commas, no dots. Just love corkscrew. Uh, email is on my lovecorkscrew.com website, but easily info at lovecorkscrew.com. My publicist takes care of all emails that goes through there. But I love when people reach out on social media, Instagram, Facebook, just love corkscrew. I'm so, you can Google. It's so easy to find me and, and I appreciate anyone helping. I have not made it yet. I have a long way to go and any support helps on lovecorkscrew.com. You can go to the shop section and buy any bottle of love corkscrew and I ship it myself. So you are getting it. uh, Like I said, my office is a mess because there's wine bottles and and boxes all over the place. Uh, But I take care of it for you and I appreciate any support. Wow. Krishan, this has been absolutely fantastic my dear i'm so happy that yeah absolutely happy that we were able to uh, connect and i wish you nothing but continued success and yeah i'll be hitting you up offline about some love court screw you know what i'm saying (laughs) thank you and thanks for your support and i watch you i watch you on tv and you're amazing you all are beautiful and amazing and thank you thank you for being who you are oh my absolute pleasure thank you hey there my name is krishan lampley and i'm gonna go see on owner of Love Cork Screw, and I am a cool soror of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. Oh.